Neither the radio people of Dothan or 106.7 KMX will be held liable for the results of downloading and listening to this podcast. You must listen at your own risk. This is episode four of season two, and I have two guests with me today. I have Victoria and Teresa with Web Paranormal Group. Hi, how are you both doing? We're doing good. Doing great. (laughs) So, Victoria, you have mentioned that you've had some paranormal experiences in the past. Tell me about those experiences. Well, as a young child I would hear footsteps and voices and see things out of the corner of my eye and it's just continued into my adulthood. Now is it anything that's like scared you? Has it like any chair movements anything like that? Any voices? We've had movement in our business in Delville. (laughs) Um, I'm not gonna say the name. (laughs) It's never scared me at all whatsoever no now what age did you start noticing these experiences probably about six or seven years old and then it's still carried with you all the way to now yeah yeah do you know why these spirits would be following you i really don't know i've always been curious about it since i was little and the more i the older i get the more curious i get Mm -hmm. but i don't know why they're attracted to me or why they're talking to me or anything like that. So, Have you had like conversations with them? Not conversations. They've called my name. They've said, hey, or what's that? While I'm looking at something on the computer. Mm-hmm. Has so, that ever been like a creepy voice or just no, like just a, a normal like normal, you and I? Yeah, normal voice. Interesting. It's a little creepy. I don't know how I would react to that. (laughs) Do you think it'd be any like family members that passed away? It was probably somebody that worked for our family in our house back in Louisiana. As for now, I no, it's not. It's I think some spirits that were there in the building or on the property. Have you looked into like the history of that property before? Uh, yes, and I can't find anything. Of course, I need to go to the courthouse and do some digging, but I looked around at the some of the records at the library, and I couldn't find anything on that property. And was, there was no spirit that you're just like, this is not a normal spirit. This could be evil or something like that. I don't get that impression. No, no. you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which of these scared you the most and why? Probably when we first moved into the building for our business, my husband had already left to go to work, and I'm sitting there doing some work, and there's a hardwood floor outside of my office, and I hear what sounded like boot steps across the floor, and I thought it was him. He'd come back. He'd forgotten something. I poked my head out, and I called his name, and nobody answered. (laughs) So, okay, so I went back and sat down and working again, and about 10 minutes later, I hear, hey, that's when I got my purse and I left. <laughs> That's what spooked me. Um, but after that, I've kind of gotten used to it, so it doesn't bother me as bad. Now, Teresa, question for you. For someone who's used to it, like Victoria, who obviously isn't bothered by the spirits, is that one reason why the spirits kind of just leave her alone and don't bother her? It really depends on what kind of spirit it is, really. A lot of them are what I call residuals. They're just like memories that the building has, and they just go in through the motions and go in through the steps. Now, if she was to react in a negative way, 
then some of these spirits could also return that negativity back towards her. Kind of like a real life person. Yes. If you're yeah. a negative person to yeah. a person, they're going to be negative back to That's you. That's right. <laughs> I remember you telling me that yeah. last year. You're like, they're just people like us. They're yeah. just a spirit. <laughs> now, Victoria, were you saying that you are part of Wet Paranormal Group now, too? I am. Now, can you, well, both of you, this is a question for both of you, describe your paranormal experiences with the group. They have come to our store and done some investigations, and we've heard footsteps and voices and things. In my last experience, I went with them to Poly Jail, and as she's showing me around the jail as soon as we got there, something tickled me on the back. But while they're there at the store, it's just normal kind of things I'm already used to. I think we've stirred up a couple of more, oh, yeah. a couple of more spirits around there. So. More, <laughs> yeah. They've um, they've learned to. I'm guessing it's the bathroom door upstairs because it's the only door in the store that creaks when it's opened. And I've caught several times the door creaking open when I set up my recorder. And you will get locked in that bathroom. Yes, you will. We've had a couple of people get locked in the bathroom. So is this a spirit that's being mean or playing jokes? Yes, it's more like somebody that's playing a joke on you. They lock the door. You can't get out until it decides to let you out. Is this like a little kid spirit or is it an adult? I get the feeling it's an adult. I was thinking, well, I guess an adult, but more like a teenage. Still young. Like a a boy or something. Yeah, yeah. Were you able to look into these spirits at all or have conversations with them? Like, why are they there? Anything like that you can tell us about? We did a little bit of an experiment where we sat the person in the hallway upstairs and blindfolded them and where they could not see. And we put headphones on them where they couldn't hear what we were asking. And we would take turns asking questions and had our spirit box there and we would hear the answer that come through on the spirit box, and they would call out whatever they heard in their little headset. They had like an EVP recorder or whatever like that one. That what it was. Yeah, I think so. Stan was the one doing the experiments, and it was so odd because what they were saying, the blindfolded person, compared to what the spirit box was saying, matched, hmm. and that was odd. And we heard gunshots. This is at your job, Victoria. Yes. You heard gunshots? Have you ever heard gunshots before with the spirits? That was the first time, and we was not sure that first time. And, but then we heard it again, and it was like, that is gunshots. We even played it back, rewound it, go really slow, and just filtered it through some of our software, and it's gunshots. So what do you think would cause that? Why would they do the gunshots? Unless it was something that had happened prior to that in that area. Of course, you know, you could hear gunshots outside of a building, yeah. too. But there was none that night. But we just figured it might be some sort of residual that's happening. Now, did that scare you at all when you found out that the, about the gunshots? No, it didn't. Um, I've set up my recorder several times um, on Saturday night. And I'll get it Sunday morning when we open. And... On several occasions, I've gotten a real loud bang, and until I let them listen to it, it didn't dawn on me what it was. I thought it was just something that they had hit or whatever, but to them, um, it sounded like gunshots, and the more I thought about it, after that had happened, I was like, yeah, that probably is what that is, is gunshots. 
See, now if I had heard the gunshots, I'd been like, peace <laughs> out. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not staying. <laughs> had, did you experience anything else when you, the parano- web paranormal was at your job? Any more findings that you could tell us? Well, we do have some uh, empaths, and which I'm one of those, and they were getting some really uh, odd feelings. I know with myself, I was getting uh, an a feeling that there was somebody that had been fighting in the back alleyway. Uh, and I figured that might be where the gunshots come from. But, I mean, it was just, just something I really couldn't explain. There's the feeling and just like images that would flash in my mind. And that was when I was in the back staircase. Just got chills on my <laughs> arms. <laughs> and now you said there was a jail that you had just visited right Mm -hmm. can you what's the name of the jail again it is the uh, old bullet county jail but it it's built by the poly jail company so everybody knows it is poly jail it's in union springs we do often go out and investigate it's one of our favorite places and we just we just invite everybody else to go check it out it's in union springs why is that one of your favorite places to check out it never fails us when we are wanting to get some sort of reaction, and it is usually different. It's something different, but it's just always fun for for paranormal investigators. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it might not be for someone else. Oh, I tell you this. We have uh, junior members that are some of the teens that are learning how, and my granddaughter is the founder of that, and we took her, I took her, and we were the only ones there, we were setting up, and I had I was going to pull the truck up near the little building, the little side building, and she was standing just out from the doorway and directing my truck in, so I went and hit the building because I'm not that good at backing up. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> <laughs> and when I looked up, there was no color in her face. You see that she was terrified, and I, you know, I opened my door and said what is it and then she showed me her wrist and they were cut and I said what happened because I'm I just looked away for a second you know and then this happened and she pointed to the window and the window had busted out there's nothing in there nothing that fell the door was still open so and it didn't open far enough to hit that window and we didn't find any reason that the window could have busted outward but when it did, it cut her wrist, and it barely missed that main vein right oh, there. Oh, gosh. So, you know, that was probably the most terrifying for me there. <laughs> but, you know, other people's had experiences. All our equipment set off every time we go. It is set off every time we get a response. But we also have to remember these are violent criminals yeah. that were there, too. Some of them were just, you know, sleeping off, being intoxicated or you know, just getting a little bit rowdy and just calming down overnight. But there were some that was very violent criminals that were there. Wow. So that whole window just came out and hit your granddaughter. Yeah, it just shattered. Just shattered. And I called my husband. He was on his way, and he, he just speeded up and got there <laughs> and looked down. And she, and she was fine. You know, we yeah. just bandaged it up and everything, cleaned it up. And he looked down, and he says, I don't see how it came out. I don't, I don't yeah. understand. 
So obviously it's a jail, but were you able to look into the history of that jail, like the past, anything like that? I mean, obviously, you know why it'd be haunted because... I sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us. (laughs) Oh, we have a joke with our members. Find out anything about Polly Jail that I don't already know, Mm -hmm. and you get this big gift basket of goodies. Uh, Nobody's won it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Except for you. (laughs) So the most uh, notorious one is Aberdeen Johnson, and he was 19 years old. Uh, he He was a black male. And he was accused of raping a white woman in front of her children. And he ran from the police. They did the posse thing. They hunted him down the whole nine yards. They shot him in the face. And then they brought him back to Pauley Jail. Well, his crime happened in a different county. So he was just waiting to be transferred to the other county when a lynch mob decided to hold the blacksmith at gunpoint so the blacksmith cut him out of the jail and they still have the place where they repaired those bars they shot him as they was walking him down the street in the hip they walked him for over a mile and then they strung him up well most people think stringing up means by your neck they strung him up by his hands so he was still alive and then the mom lined up and they shot him over 150 times because they were afraid that the military was coming to control the mob that had started. And so they wanted to hurry up and get it done. How did you find out all this information about it? I did a lot of research on newspapers and uh, the jail itself. Um, I just had a little bit of a, a boost from the curator on which way to go. And just a lot of digging on records. Um, I haven't actually found out where Beat 3 is because that's where he's buried. But I have found out with all about the jail, when it was built, how it was built, who built it. I learned that it was actually more modern than the, the jail is today. There, The one there today does not have a kitchen. So they don't get hot meals. They get sandwiches and stuff like that now. Well, Polly Jail had a kitchen, and they had hot meals. They had flushing toilets. They had gas heat. They had all those comforts that most jails don't have, especially in 1897 when it was built. The guy that you were just talking about, what year did that all take place? Not. It was in April 1911. What was his name again? Albertine Johnson. Were you able to get in touch with Albertine, his spirit? We believe so. <laughs> we believe so. We have a lady that's also on our team that has some pictures that she took, and she was just pointing the camera and taking pictures because she heard something. She slept in that cell, his cell. And when she had the pictures developed, because it's the old-fashioned 35 millimeters, she realized that she had a picture of a man's leg hanging from the, the rafters. Wow. So when she slept in that cell, did you did she feel anything? I mean, obviously the picture, mm-hmm. but did well, she, she feel safe? She said she was very tired, and so she pretty much crashed, but she got awoken to the weird sounds, mm-hmm. and that was when she just started taking pictures just, just to see if she could catch anything, and that's what she caught. Wow. So Pictures. <laughs> I tell you. And it Speak is, a thousand words. <laughs> it is on our website. We put those pictures up there, and of course I'm going to be putting some more. I'm kind of behind with things, but... Now, are there any other spirits or any other stories you could tell us about that jail? 
Uh, yes. Like Albertine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's got me now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, J.W. Mann. He decided he would go out and get drunk on Christmas Eve, 1960. And his wife decided she'd had enough, so she called the police to him. And they brought him to Poly Jail on Christmas Eve to let him sleep it off. And they did not search him for whatever reason. They did not search him before they left. And, of course, the uh, jailers decided it was Christmas Eve. They're going home to their families. And he had cigarettes with him. And he lit the cigarette and then fell asleep. And the mattress, what it was, what this made out of, it just smoldered a lot. And so he died from the smoke in there. Hmm. We have uh, some members that still smoke. And we told them that in that jail cell, they would be permitted to smoke one cigarette while doing the investigation. When they laid the cigarette up on the the side of the bed there, no mattress on it. (laughs) (laughs) They asked him, did he want to take a draw off the cigarette? And the red part that's lit, lit up without anybody touching it. So he wanted to smoke. (laughs) (laughs) It was like he didn't learn. He just didn't learn. You know, (laughs) we do get a lot from him. You do see smoke in that area on our cameras. You do get the sensation, even without somebody's smoking you just walk into the jail and you go into that cell you smell cigarette smoke i mean i've been told a lot like you can smell it Mm -hmm. because like a lot of times with like if your family members have passed away and there is like a dish that they really like to make you could smell that oh yes which i that's one thing i wouldn't mind doing like my grandma she was a great cook so if i smelled (laughs) like her spaghetti i'd be like oh my grandma's in here with me see that would not scare me it's more of like the other spirits who I don't know would definitely <laughs> scare me. So what makes you so interested in the jail? Just the history behind it? Just the history. I love history. And I know that when we're going there and we're doing our investigations, we are also promoting that jail so that we can get the restoration done of it because it preserves history. People get to know what it was like in the early 1900s. And we did talk to one guy, which we can't name his name, but he was a prisoner there before it closed. And he said he never, ever got in trouble again after going to that jail, ever. Why? And he he was standing in the parking lot, but he wouldn't step up on the grass. We asked him to come in with us and show us. No, he would not step up on the lawn to it. Did he say why? Or it was? He said everything that was going on in there, that was reality and not reality. I mean, I believe it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to step foot in there either. <laughs> so we just, you know, we couldn't get him to go in. And, and he says that was as close as he was coming to that jail ever. Well, I would teach him not to do any more crimes. Right? <laughs> it did. It did. So, so it had a good impact yeah. on some people. They never got in trouble again after being there. And then we have to remember that some of the families... Like J.W. Mann, he was raising a grandson, and that grandson never got to see his grandfather after that on Christmas Eve. So it and it affected his wife. She never forgave herself. She went to her grave thinking it was her fault that her husband died. And so, you know, that's that's the things that we want. We want people to know there were bad people in there. There were some people that went in there that didn't need to go. But you have to look at what was going on in 1911. Yeah, the Civil Rights Movement, 
during those time periods, the 1960s and stuff. And there was a lot of stuff that was going on there that people just need to be aware of. The laws were different than they are now. So I think if we know the history, especially about this jail and other places like that, then maybe we can change the future. And how many times have you visited this jail with Web Paranormal Group? We've been going once or twice a year for five years. Oh, wow. And you find something new and different every time. Yes. So, because I know other places you'll visit multiple times why is it that you visit them multiple times just to see if you can if you can find something different yeah because sometimes they're like everybody else they're kind of moody sometimes they don't feel like interacting with people and and sometimes you get a lot of people going in at one time they're just tired yeah so if you go back you may catch them in a good mood or you might catch them in a bad mood but (laughs) a more active move Or the gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or in, in yeah. our case, at our store, just trying to find answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's huh. why we, I keep setting up my recorder at least once a month. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. We should set up a recorder here because I've told you of our yeah. story. You should. Never even thought of setting up a recorder. Yeah. Get an EVP recorder and set it up. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. We were doing a private case and we had the EVP recorders going and my husband was doing a session but I had to run to Walmart because we forgot batteries or the battery strained or something and I called him because I couldn't remember what size batteries <laughs> and when I called him the EVP recorder picked up my conversation <laughs> on my end of the phone as well as on his uh, Hmm. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't say anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So that's what we keep telling everybody. Uh, don't say anything. If you're sitting outside the building mm-hmm. and we're inside doing an EVP record, don't say anything out there you don't want everybody uh-uh. to know. <laughs> well, that's all I have. But, Teresa, I would love to have you back to talk more about your web paranormal because I know it's different every year because you told us some stories last year. So if you're able to tell us more stories another time, I would love to hear more sure. on that, too. And then, of course, Victoria, you're welcome whenever you want thank as you. well. Thank <laughs> well, thank you so much. And that jail, I need to look into that because, Victoria, I don't know if you know, I'm not originally from here. You probably could tell from my accent. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still learning about all of this history. So if I ever ask dumb questions, it's just because I don't know where everything is yet. So. Well, we're still learning to use to listen to her accent. <laughs> <laughs> She's teaching us how to speak properly. <laughs> we try. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you both. I appreciate it. Uh-huh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Season 2, Episode 4, The Haunting of the Wiregrass. Brought to you by the Radio People.